0: Welcome to the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host Johnny Katani and the founder of Katani Capital Group. For the last two years, I've been studying alternative assets and now help solve the problem of creating passive cash flow for creators, influencers, and busy professionals by bringing you five episodes a week of easy to understand education in the world of passive investing. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host Johnny Katani. And I hope everybody is having a great week. We are rolling right along. It is almost August, which means it's almost my birthday, which means I expect my DMs to be flooded from all of my amazing listeners saying happy birthday. (laughs) Just kidding. But I would love that. And you can do that by following me on social media at (laughs) Johnny Katani. And my birthday is August 4th. In case you were wondering, I am a Leo. Awesome. Uh, well, that's not what I want to talk about today. Although, uh, I will continue to remind you. And of course uh, I will get to do a special birthday episode for Friday follow-up on August 4th. So that'll be cool. I'll have to come up, um, with something unique, uh, for that, maybe a highlight or maybe I'll reflect on the year, uh, The last year as I like to do on my birthday, as you guys know, I'm a big reflector and every year on my birthday, I reflect back on the last 12 months since my last birthday, what have I accomplished? Is it enough? Am I doing enough? Do I need to do more? Is there something I shouldn't be doing? I mean, there's always stuff you shouldn't be doing, but you know, I mean, am I focusing my efforts in the right place, you know, uh, moving forward? And, And this is not just professional. It's usually pretty personal for uh my birthday reflections so so that's me and that's what i like to do on my birthday and i encourage all of you to reflect as well it's very very important i know i quoted ray dalio very recently but he says um you know pain plus reflection equals progress so that's one of my favorite principles of his for sure but today that's what we're gonna talk talk about uh i know i said i was gonna do a series but today i want to talk about something so i was recently having a discussion. With a guest, uh, and we were talking offline, and we were talking about uh, capital raising, and it worked so perfectly because I ended up having a conversation with an investor, well, uh, with a soon-to-be investor, and we got to talking about due diligence and. Due diligence is very important. And I know that you, my my listeners, are sophisticated investors. So I'm not going to go deep into due diligence and how to do due diligence. The outline is pretty cut and dry, right? Pretty much start with your operator, operating group, track record, that whole spiel. I know we know it. But at the end, I want to get to the most important piece and what I want to really focus on. So we'll go through due diligence, right? Operator. Now, the reason that I bring up the conversation that I had with a guest, and then I was also, well, I guess more specifically, I talked about it with um, Ben Nelson. If you're familiar with him, he was a guest on the show, and he is doing a conference in September in Denver. If you would like information on that, you can DM me. If you're in the Denver area, I will have a code, and I will be doing more marketing for it. Uh, today was just like, we shot a promo video, but we discussed uh, capital raising and what capital raising is like now, but specifically the point that I want, one point I wanted to touch on is a uh, track record. And it is obviously very important, right? But the point that I want to highlight for people who are newer to the industry, new capital raisers, new operators, right? Especially capital raisers is, you know, you're leveraging, every, uh, you know, an operator's experience, right? So for me, right, did um, the tech investor deal last year, they're all very well versed. And obviously, their their board of directors are all involved in short-term rentals, some from Airbnb, some are on the national board of realtors. You know, some of them have big, their own big uh, person portfolios. And, you know, as As I talk to investors, potential investors, they ask me about my track record. And I absolutely will fill that question all day long. Be the first to tell you, I don't have any full cycle deals. I just did my first deal. I'm in my second ever deal. This one will be on my own. So first one all by myself. And while it is important to know my track record, where I come from, my track record in, Real estate is not that big. So then what do you fall to? Well, you fall to your experience, right? And do I have experience? Yes. Been in the financial world for gosh, six, six years now. Uh, well, full time six years, right? Uh, and so that experience means something, right? It doesn't ne- you don't necessarily need to have all these full-cycle deals in order to raise capital and and you know have people trust you really a lot of it comes from your experience and leveraging operators and their experience and what is their track record and that piece is a due diligence portion right we should all be wondering what their track record is right when it gets to the operator level you should be very curious as to their track record if they don't have a big track record that is okay what is their experience Are there experienced members on the team who worked with a previous experienced operator that does have a track record? What did they do there? How did that go, right? When I do due diligence, I'm not just asking about you or, or, or about your company, your group, the operating group, the sponsor, whatever it is. I want to know about you. What is your experience? What have you done? And that leads me To what i want to talk about today track record is important experience important but one little nuanced piece that always comes up in due diligence when you're talking to investors is they always want to talk to at least one if not two or three previous investors and here's what i will say about this i understand why you want to do it but it's important to understand and know that the investors that the operator is going to send you to, right, that you're going to connect to are not upset investors and investors who, you know, don't, you know, don't uh, haven't invested that often with them, don't really believe in them, you know, did a bad deal with them. And they're trying to get that investor back into their group to invest in the next deal they're going to send you investors who have been with them, you know, at least one deal, ideally a full cycle deal. And listen, as long as you understand that I under it, it's a good conversation to have. You should connect with that investor, but just know that some of the questions, you know, you're not going to be able to get away with, you know, what, what should I be worried about when it comes to investing with this operator? Right. Because ultimately They're sending you a happy investor who probably got, you know, who did a deal with them, the deal went really well, and now they continue to invest with them. And that's good because you want to know why they continue to invest with them, right? Because then you're going to get to discuss, okay, what is communication like, right? Obviously they're happy with the communication. So what does that look like? Is it monthly? Is it quarterly? Tell me about a time that the deal broke down. What was that communication like? Did something go wrong? Did they communicate that clearly and effectively right? So it's really, it is an important conversation to have. I don't want to diminish the conversation and say that you shouldn't be doing it. I just want to make the point that it shouldn't be what your, it shouldn't be the conversation or the X factor for whether or not you invest. I get it. Really none of the points of due diligence should be the X factor unless of course you come across some major discrepancies like, Oh, we've never invested in this market before. It's a new market, and a new asset class. Okay. To me, that's it. I'm that. Call me when you've done a couple of deals in this asset class and in this market, and then we can talk, right? Totally fair, but it should be the accumulation, right? So talking to this investor, it shouldn't be like, well, talking to this investor, like, you know, this is going to make or break it because they're going to send you an investor who's happy with, Investing with this group, right? If I'm an operator, I'm not sending you an investor that I have to have an hour long conversation with before every deal, right? I'm sending you to an investor who, you know, did his due diligence. We had an initial conversation. Maybe we talk once or twice a year. Maybe we don't talk at all. Maybe it's email communication and they write a check for each deal, right? That's what I'm sending you. So, I say all that to say that don't, you know, to come full circle, I want you guys, I don't want you guys to put all of your eggs into one basket in the due diligence process should be the accumulation of the due diligence. And then of course you should be taking into account any red flags, any discrepancies. And of course, if those discrepancies add up and the red flags accumulate, like I said, I made a bit of a dramatic point, but again, you know, even if it's a brand new market, If it's, you know, for instance, Rise48, right? They have been only in the Phoenix market until this year. And this year they expanded into the Dallas market. Perfect example. They've been absolutely crushing their deals in Phoenix. In fact, they had multiple deals go 16, 18 months full cycle, right? They've done almost $2 billion in transactions in literally three years. It's unprecedented them expanding to Dallas. They're just going to do the exact same thing in Dallas. Now, again, it's important to ask them why Dallas, what do you like about Dallas? Who are your contacts in Dallas? Not necessarily to go talk to those brokers directly, but you know, what, what have, what are you able to curate in Dallas? That's, that's, you know, prompted you to go there, but That being said, guess what they're doing in Dallas? The exact same business model they've been doing in Phoenix. They're going to buy an off-market, undervalued, you know, C plus B uh, asset, you know, ideally 100 units or more that they can fix up with their exact same, you know, rinse and repeat model materials, everything. They're going to fix it up raise the rents and reposition it. And then, you know, either refinance it or sell it in three to five years, most likely uh, a sell. And I had their CFO on, well, he's their CFO and COO on, uh, let's see, his his episode was June 12th, uh, Bickron, And it was episode number 299. Sweet. Right before the 300th episode. And it is great to talk to him about why they chose the dispositions in the 14, 16, 18 month. Right. Because ultimately, you know, while there are tax consequences to investors and tax consequences to them, ultimately, especially when you're starting out with these operators, you should not be super concerned with, um, fast, uh, Dispositions because they're trying to build up their positions as well, and it helps them in multiple facets. One facet is obviously continuing to build up their capital reserves. Another one is you know their ability to get and implement a business plan to prove to brokers, right? So there's multiple reasons that they chose to do those dispositions. And oh, by the way, those investors just reinvest, right? And I get it. And by doing those deals, you have the opportunity to get an investor in and get, you know, more, uh, you know, potentially by reinvesting, you can mitigate your tax burden by getting into a new deal and, you know, getting the bonus appreciation and so on and so forth. Right now, I'm not a tax advisor, but ultimately what I was trying to get at is, would I have raised for their very first deal in Dallas? Absolutely, I would have. Now again, I've built up a personal relationship with Zach, their CEO. Um, you know, him and I met for the first time at Best Ever, but we've talked on the phone, you know, numerous times. He's a great guy. Uh, absolutely enjoy uh, the conversation every time I talk to him. He's obviously been on the on the podcast, and but they're doing the exact same thing that they do in Phoenix. So to me, that is just, okay, it's a new market. I've got some questions about why you like the market, what you're seeing there. Again, it's Dallas, right? So, you know, with your own research, you can really answer those own questions, but maybe you want to ask them, get their viewpoint, get their perspective on why they like it. But when it comes to the business plan, it's the exact same one they've been doing. And they've been, they've obviously proven they can do it. So I bring all this to say, don't put your eggs into one basket in one step of the due diligence, right? It should be the accumulation of the due diligence that ultimately determines it. And then, it, you know, if obviously, if you see too many red flags, then of course. But I say that to say because so many investors put a lot of stock into being able to talk to current investors, and they're just not going to send you an investor who's unhappy. So you need to take that uh, with a grain of salt and understand that. And as long as you understand that, it's still very valuable to have that conversation and just to get that perspective of why they really, like investing with that group. So that was it. That's what I have for you guys today. Uh, Some important points, like I said, from just talking to investors and the things that I'm seeing uh, in the due diligence uh, process out there. And uh, I know you guys have your own due diligence. You know, uh, it, it looks pretty similar. Everyone's is pretty similar, more or less, right? And then once you find your operator, the due diligence is pretty minimal, especially if it's another cookie cutter deal, which is why Rise has so many repeat investors, because they just do the same deals over and over. And it's very, you can feel very comfortable that they're going to be able to execute uh, successfully. So there you have it. Uh, And shout out to Rise. Zach, if you're a listener, I don't know if you are, but if you are, thanks for listening A big fan of what you guys are doing. Keep it up. And I would definitely like to raise for one of your deals soon. So anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I always appreciate it. If you would like to join my list and get involved, katanicapitalgroup.com. Go to katanicapitalgroup.com. Top right corner, become an investor. If you are interested in my current deal, the oil and gas deal is an oil and gas opportunity. Directly invest. You get... W2 Offset, Direct W2 Offset, the link to the webinar replay will be in the uh, show notes of this episode. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I appreciate it. And I will talk to you on Friday. Peace. Thank you again for tuning in. Who do you know that wants more cash flow? Share this episode with them so you can grow your cash flow together. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice so you never miss a new episode. Go to katanincapitalgroup.com to learn more.